Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The following program has been pre-recorded. What does the future hold for St. Louis and how do we get there? This is Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Welcome in, Michael Calhoun and Travis Sheridan with you on our weekly conversation about innovation right here in St. Louis. Although... Travis, it's been a little bit since we've gotten together because of Cardinals baseball and other factors, but here we are talking about manufacturing, for instance, grocery shopping and family business succession, and the great convening of St. Louis innovators possibly returning. It's a big show. It is a big show, and uh, I think the, the best news about our show is even when we're not talking about it, innovation is still happening. Yeah, and even when Venture Cafe goes virtual, they have to come up with all these new different ways to connect people to get those serendipitous collisions. The innovation continues at Schnucks. When there's an executive transition, it continues there as well. And manufacturing is an industry that's changing, evolving, especially if you're a small business. And there's a new organization in St. Louis to help in that respect, too. Yeah, so we have a full show lined up today. Uh, we'll, we'll jump right into it after the break. Stick around for more Nothing Impossible right after this. St. Louis Innovation with Michael and Travis. Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Welcome back to our show about St. Louis innovation and startups and new approaches. Michael and Travis, as you just heard with you. And we're welcoming in Matt Minetti, who is a familiar voice to the show and a familiar force in the St. Louis innovation scene, Travis. Yeah, it's uh, I've known Matt for a number of years, uh, engaged with him on a different, a lot of different projects, and uh, now and, and Michael, we we know about co-working, right? We've talked to co-working facilities. Uh, I know that WeWork was trying to experiment with some co-living environments, mm. and now Matt, you're going to talk to us about co-learning at Conflux. That's right. Yeah, what's what's going on with that? Yeah. So, um, well, first of all, you know, thanks for having me on. Excited to to chat more about uh, this organization. You know, it was uh, formed recently by some uh, folks in the in the design and and marketing community that have worked, you know, for years and years with uh, manufacturers and distributors, and you know, noticed a lot of the same problems across many of these organizations. Um, there's a lot of change that's happening in the manufacturing sector, certainly. Um, with the pandemic and COVID, um, a lot of uh, you know globalization, automation, and innovation. There's just a lot of change that is affecting this industry, and 
you know, manufacturing, um, you know, they can boast a lot of great things, a lot of great businesses built around uh, machining and distribution. Um, but when it comes to trying new things, when it comes to risk taking, when it comes to, you know, thinking about what the future will bring, you know, it's industry that needs a little bit of an update. And so I think that's really where the idea for Conflux came about was to think about how do we centralize a lot of the resources? How can we help the leaders of these companies really figure out what the next 10 to 20 years for the industry looks like? Because without a thriving manufacturing industry, especially here in, in the Midwest and in St. Louis in particular, um, it's uh, it contributes to a lot of job loss. It contributes to um, just bad things happening when, when the manufacturing sector breaks down. So hopefully by bringing people people together in this kind of co-learning environment, which you referenced earlier, we can start to solve those problems collectively. And Matt, uh, would you ag agree or disagree with this outside observation that it seems like in, in manufacturing and distribution and logistics, there's there's this gulf between the biggest multinational companies who can pour a whole bunch into R&D. They've got the latest technology. They're trying algorithms for this and bots for that. And then you've got the local or the small business manufacturers who just don't have the billions to pour into R&D. So they're maybe doing it the, the same way that tried and true way they've been doing it for decades um but is, is there this gulf where you've got advanced manufacturing and the tried and true uh depending on how much of a resource your your company has to to dip into yeah i would say that's accurate i mean i'm, I'm still getting familiar with just the lay of the land in terms of manufacturing and distribution as an industry um where that sits globally but i would think that you know when it comes to access to resources you know, a lot of the technology we're talking about, even in terms of like customer acquisition, talent acquisition, I wouldn't say is even that complicated. Now, when you're talking about innovation or you know, product information and machining, I think that that starts to get where um, the, the level of investment for a lot of those methods does become preventative, the large, you know, in terms of, you know, the smaller that you get. Um, so I do think that there is, there is a, a gap there in terms of some of the smaller mid-level players and you know, the Boeings and ABs of the world. Um, but outside of technology, I think it's also just in terms of a, a leadership gap. I think a lot of these companies, they tend to run older. Um, and, you know, I don't want to make any sort of general comments about just sort of generations and things like that. But when it comes to things like digital marketing, when it comes to things about just building company culture, I mean, many of these, the leaders of the companies are also just figuring out, yeah, how do we, how to become like a 21st century business and thinking about things about like, Hey, um, especially with remote work, I mean, certainly not for people who are working in factory lines, but in terms of sales staff, admin staff, like how do they manage back to work? Um, how are they dealing with things like innovation, automation, all those different things? So I think sometimes the technology is there, but it's figuring out like where, where is that technology available? How do I access it? And actually, how do I implement that within my business to see real gains? Well, we have this expectation read a few uh, reports saying that, you know, this is uh, going to be the great reshoring of manufacturing. Uh, so oftentimes we're looking at the drug uh, drug and pharmaceutical man uh, manufacturing. So we have greater control over supply chains and uh, less dependent on, on foreign producers. Uh, but there's also the, re the return of, of other types of manufacturing, uh, traditional products and that type of thing, uh, really to help uh, infuse, you know, more stability into the job market. Matt, as you're bringing these different sector, uh, this sector together, what what are they co-learning? Like, what is, what are some of the, the top hot topics for them? Uh, is it the core business operations like marketing and HR, or are there other things that they're really interested in? 
Yeah, I think it really runs the gamut. I think a lot of it just depends on the the stage of the company and how established the leadership team is. I think a lot of these companies too, they may be family companies where there will be a leadership transition within the next five to 10 years. And I think that passing of the torch represents like a really great opportunity, but also um, a challenge for many of the companies to think about like, oh, we've got someone waiting in the wings that's going to be, you know, taking the reins of the company in the next five years. Like, how can we equip that that young leader? Um, and I use kind of young in, in quotations there in terms of like, they don't have to be young, but maybe young as a leader um, that they haven't led an organization or, or know how to, you know, lead a, a company into the future. Um, so I think, I think there are those kind of core basic skills around just sort of like how to run a company, how to, how to run an effective meeting, how to build a strong culture, but things that are more topical or seasonal, um, to the manufacturing industry itself. I think you touched on, you know, certainly just, just in terms of manufacturing and that, you know, so many of those jobs are just things that are being shipped overseas because it's, it's, it's because it's cheaper. Right. And that, Maybe there's an opportunity to to think about how supply chain and and all of those uh, relationships can be restructured in such a way that you keep you keep money in 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 the region and you keep workers in the region. Um, I think I think there's a lot of promise there, but part of it is just like so many of these companies, while they have partnerships with suppliers and vendors and things like that, very rarely do they get in the same room and kind of talk through problems that they that they share together right like they're not necessarily competitors in that way but this idea of hey i've got one piece of this puzzle because i've grown up in the industry and i've worked in it for 30 plus years and someone else has completely different experience like part of what i think the space can provide is um you know a, a, a convening a, a focal point an epicenter for those conversations to take place because we're we're not saying that we're the experts in in the room certainly with my background but you know by providing that space by building a community and trust over time that people within the same industry can come together and say like yeah this is these are things that i've noticed these are things that i've learned and that's really where the co-learning element i think comes comes alive certainly in our name but like in practice how we get people to share in an environment in which you know their their experiences um are valid and, and can be utilized. I think that's where a lot of people um, get new ideas. They they take tours of other people's facilities. Um, they get ideas for for new practices, new processes, or even just simple things in terms of just how to best reward and engage staff. I mean, that is such a difficult thing for many companies, and certainly with COVID, um, dealing with just labor shortages in general, just hard to find people and hard to keep them engaged. Um, those are, while we think they those might be more basic, they are critical to the success of any of these companies. And it's, I was just thinking back to uh, some earlier conversations we had, uh, Michael, with uh, somebody like Mark Bowers, who- uh, uh, St. Louis makes. really Yeah, St. Louis makes and, and the role of really get, engaging uh, the manufacturing community. We've been able to go on some factory tours uh, with him and, and see it firsthand. Uh, Matt, as you're as you're looking at rolling this out and and taking this uh, out into the community, engaging people, I mean, you've been in the ecosystem for the St. Louis ecosystem for quite a while in the startup community. What types of partnerships are you looking at forming? Uh, and I'm, again, thinking specifically like with an organization like St. Louis Makes, where they are also focused on uh, the manufacturing sector. 
Yeah, I think it's a great question. And, you know, Mark is a good friend and, uh, you know, has, has laid a lot of the groundwork here just in terms of the relationships, some of the programs. And, and I think as we roll out our service, our offerings would be cognizant of what is available in the market for manufacturing leaders in terms of resources, connectivity. I think the physical space does make us unique in that respect. And honestly, it can serve as like a gathering point for many of these groups like makes like Midwest manufacturing leaders and some of the other associations. Like we want to be a partner and supporter of these organizations. Um, and I think having, you know, having this physical space serve as a home for many of them, because, you know, I've worked in a number of different, you know, innovation centers and, and co-working spaces in the fact that, you know, this is something unique in that there's a vertical here and that, you know, we'll, we'll occasionally have, uh, you know, folks from the entrepreneurship ecosystem and others, you know, come through and take tours. But to say that, like, this is specifically for you as a, as a leader in the manufacturing and distribution industry, I think that is going to what that's what's what makes it unique. I think the other thing that we're looking to in terms of partnerships is really around workforce development. Um, I think that is a that's a, a keyword, a buzzword in, in, in the St. Louis scene and, and everybody's talking about it. But certainly with COVID, what does that look like for manufacturing? Um, and especially for a lot of the blue collar jobs, like they cannot find enough people fast enough to work on the lines and, and, and they're scouring, uh, they're scouring, you know, places like Rankin, community colleges, high schools, different apprenticeship programs. And so again, if we can focus a lot of those resources, um, within the space, I think there's a unique opportunity to kind of work across, um, you know, education, school programs, apprenticeship programs, as well as building relationships with the companies themselves to, you know, uh, you know, provide the tools and de-risk a lot of the talent through, through our, our connections. Um, so I'm really excited about that piece. I think that really aligns a lot with some of the community benefit of, um, of a Conflux co-learning in addition to some of the training and education that we want to provide through our programs. I think the workforce development piece is going to be super critical for for any company and and i think those partnerships as they start to develop um are going to be really helpful not just for we say like the region but specifically the neighborhood i think carondelet um i'm still i'm learning more about the the neighborhood i'm i'm walking it daily as i'm working in the office um it is uh there's a lot of promise and potential in the neighborhood but like many neighborhoods in the city um, and in the county as well, like it's it's been neglected. It used to be a strong power. It has a strong history within the manufacturing history of St. Louis. And I think it's how fitting would it be to use the space and the connections we have at Conflux to um, ignite the the you know revamp you know the revamping of this of this neighborhood, particularly when it comes to workforce and jobs. I think there's a lot of folks within the neighborhood, and and you know this kind of overlooked and low-income community that could benefit from some of the things that we're trying to do. Um, and I, and I think that's, that's, uh, that's important to me. I think it's important to our, our founders and ultimately to the, the stakeholders that we have. Matt Minetti is the executive director of Conflux Co-Learning, but you've heard him before as the director of innovation at the St. Louis Regional Chamber, as the director of Global Hack. He's worked for the accelerator programs we tell you about, like 630 and Capital Innovators. And again, now the director of Conflux Co-Learning, a part of the marketing firm Go Brand Go. Matt, thank you uh, so much for joining us. You bet. Thanks for having me on, guys. Stay tuned for more Nothing Impossible right after this. 
All right. Welcome back to Nothing Impossible, Travis Sheridan and Michael Calhoun. And remember those good old days of serendipitous collisions? Mm. Uh, maybe you would go down to Cortex and grab a beer or a glass of wine as a, at a Thursday Venture Cafe, and you collide and run into somebody. Remember those good old days, Michael? Oh, people making business connections, finding folks to help them with their inventions they've just come up with, or just making friends, finding funding. I mean, the possibilities are endless. I also loved all the civic engagement the Venture Cafe facilitated as well, but you're right, it has been a little bit. But the show, as they say, must go on and has gone on, and we're going to check in with Tyler Matthews, the executive director of Venture Cafe St. Louis. Uh, Tyler, thanks for joining us. What what have you been up to? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've been, uh, I would say the Venture Cafe team has been uh, in startup mode over the last several months uh like everyone else you know we had to pivot and uh you know jumping online is relatively easy but creating something that is uh you know interesting and and uh and not going to induce further zoom fatigue uh is a, is a challenge and so uh you know we've been we've been retooling basically what we what we do online to better make you know to make sure we can still connect people in meaningful ways Tyler, I can imagine that's that's got two aspects to it. The first is the logistics of getting people in, setting up the video conferencing. How do we become interactive with this? And then the second half would be what kind of topics do people need to know about in this changing time? Right. Yeah, you know, surprisingly, um, the logistics around organizing online events is for some reason harder than it was to coordinate, you know, 10 to 15 speakers on a Thursday. I'm not sure how that works. But it seemed it, maybe it was just more emotionally exhausting to have to sit in front of your computer for so many hours in a day. But, um, yeah, it was somehow trickier. But we figured it out, obviously. And, uh, you know, the topics, uh, probably not surprising. They probably aren't even that much different from when we were in person. Funding is always number one. <laughs> Everyone wants to know how to get investment. Um, and then, you know, sales and marketing is number two. How do they actually sell their products? So. Um, but I, I think the urgency of learning those topics definitely increased. And so there was a lot more of that uh, that happening during our, our sessions on Thursdays, for sure. Well, and if we think about not just Venture Cafe needing to pivot, but all the entrepreneurs who have participated in Venture Cafe over the years, they're all going through incredible pivots and adjustments in their business models because of COVID. So I'd imagine they're still looking to connect with people because they're trying to figure out how the hell do we do it now? Right. Well, and not just that. I mean, there's a lot of folks who just weren't sure about their job security and said, well, maybe I should create a little side hustle, you know, to, to you know, provide some extra income in case I have to go down that route. So, yeah, uh, it makes a lot of sense for why that was on people's minds more than ever. Well, Tyler, you, uh, I, I was as I look through some of the programs that you've been doing, uh, you know, everybody knows about I think the Thursday gathering is top of mind for a lot of folks. Ed Hub is another mm -hmm. program of Venture Cafe St. Louis. But over the pandemic, you introduced two new programs as well. Tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, so what we saw was an increase in our in my personal inbox of people from our community just reaching out and saying, hey, I need help connecting with X, you know, whether it's uh, someone to give them advice or to review a pitch deck or get access to some resources in the area. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it occurred to me, I'm like, this is there's a lot more emails coming in than normal. And so is there a way to streamline this process a little bit better? Um, and then also, too, you know, it was, you know, we were doing talks online, um, but people wanted to connect further. And while we did do a lot of 
um, online gatherings. Um, people wanted a little bit more time with other founders to kind of just go over the challenges they were experiencing. So we launched two new things. One program was called Connect, and that was essentially I just I, we just created a new email account and said, if you need any help as a founder, just email us. And what we'll do on the back end is we'll make connections for you. So if you want somebody to, to look at your pitch deck, uh, we'll take a look at it, or we'll bring some experts in to take a look at it. If you want to get connections to investors or mentors, or you know, there's a lot of folks who are new to entrepreneurship and weren't even familiar with a lot of the programs like I-10 or Arch Grant. So we were starting to connect people uh, to really just opportunities. Uh, and so since we did that, we went public with that. We were testing it late last year and went public in February. And so far, we've, we've actually helped 640, we've answered 640 requests for entrepreneurs out there. Um, and it keeps growing. And then on the other end, like I was mentioning, is, is we got founders together for an event we call Work in Progress. So every Thursday, five to six, we bring, you know, two or more founders or, you know, even idea stage folks to come in and just share what they're working on, casual environment, but in a situation where other, other entrepreneurs can jump in and say, hey, this is cool, or have you thought about this? Um, and try to make, try to solve problems in real time, um, you know, and, and we've seen a lot of really great things come out of that. Uh, and we take everybody, whether it's open source projects, nonprofits, or tech startups. Um, you know, one cool thing was, you know, Shorty Nix Cookies is a, she's a founder here in St. Louis, um, and a woman-owned business, and she was starting to go on, into e-com. And so we invited her, and, and not only were we able to give her some, you know, was the community able to give her advice, but she ended up getting a, a handful of repeat customers out of it. So, you know, people are getting beta testers that are getting, you know, introductions to found, you know, to other um, other founders for support. Uh, and on the rare occasion too, there's folks that are getting uh, connected to angel investors if that's what they need at the moment. So it's been a lot of fun um, to grow those new programs. We're talking with Tyler Matthews of Venture Cafe St. Louis on KMOX. And, and let's unpack each of these separately. First, the Connect program sounds like it really is the essence of what Venture Cafe, what most people know Venture Cafe to be. It sounds like serendipitous digitized collisions. Collisions. Yeah, it's, you know, that was like the one piece that was really not solved well. Like there's tons of, tons of events happening online. But really, there's, I mean, there's nothing like a serendipitous collision in person. Um, and it was hard, it was really hard to recreate that online. And we did some really fun events, but the thing that was still missing for entrepreneurs were those questions you can't Google search. And so, you know, if you're, if you're a biotech startup and you want to find an, uh, a lawyer who's got biotech experience to give you advice, you can't really Google that. You got to go through your network. And if your network was, you know, Venture Cafe or you're new to the entrepreneurship community, you don't really have a network, it was hard to find those kinds of answers. So that's when we just opened up that email uh, and, and, and created that program to, to help better make up for that lack of in-person serendipity as much as we could. And then work in progress. Tell us a little bit more, maybe some examples uh, beyond Shorty Mix Cookies um, of how this has really been a help. Yeah, so it's been a lot of fun because there's a lot of early stage founders. And like most folks, their challenges are typically how do you get those first 10 customers, the first 10 users, you know, your first, your first dollar, right? And uh, by able to bring these entrepreneurs together, um, they can kind of learn from each other. You know, we offer talks every Thursday, and those are great. Um, uh, but, you know, a lot of times you like to talk to a person, you know, in real time. And so 
that's been a way for people to uh, to, to support each other. Uh, we've got founders who have actually joined each other, you know, as teams as advisors um, or have worked for each other. Uh, I know we were able to connect one ad tech company here in St. Louis to the Yield Lab to discuss funding. Um, we've seen uh, a handful of companies um, uh, get, get new users. I mean, we you know what we've done is we we take the needs from the community from these work in progress or connect emails, and when we go, we've got a newsletter of twenty thousand people. Um, and we're able to put those, you know, with their permission, we put those into the newsletter and let that larger community try to connect the dots, too. Uh, and, and from that, you know, one guy had tweeted the other day, he's like, I, you know, just from that mention in the newsletter, I got five new signups. Now, five doesn't sound crazy, but when you're brand new, you know, you're excited to get any new users. And uh, so that's been a lot of fun. I would say another crazy one was that somebody wanted, ten, wanted to create 10,000 uh, handmade handbags and they wanted it to be local in the St. Louis area, and they reached out to us. We were able to connect them with a with a group here in town. And uh, funny enough, that, that that company we connected them actually almost acquired the business. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of that kind of connection happening, and it's been a lot of fun to be a, a small role and and helping somebody get to that next milestone for their company. Well, Tyler, uh, you know, if the mission of Venture Cafe is connecting innovators to make things happen, uh, you're absolutely doing that. I mean, if I could. I could break apart each word of that, connecting the innovators and making things happen. So that's that's great. Uh, you know, oftentimes on on Nothing Impossible, we talk about what's now and what's next. So uh, what's next for Venture Cafe? Will we be serendipitously colliding in person again soon? And what will that look like? Yeah, that's definitely top of mind, especially as the economy starts to open back up, as the weather gets nicer the number of people asking that increases. So we are looking at um, doing some, probably some small in-person things uh, while the weather's nice, do them outdoors. Uh, so we've got some announcements coming soon on that. So if, if people, a shameless plug, if people want to find out when we're meeting back in person, uh, definitely go to VentureCafeSTL.org and sign up for our newsletter. Uh, we'll announce it then uh, when, once we have a date secured. Um, so we're excited to be back, to be bringing people back in person. Hopefully this, this summer, early summer, and uh, that's that's definitely the the next thing on the horizon here. I know you're still sorting through this, and not to put you on the spot or anything, Tyler, but you know you've got the beautiful Cortex Commons. Do you look mm. at holding it outside, or given the CDC advice, do you think um, you you ask people if they've had a vaccination, or do you just require masks? I guess maybe you don't have answers to all of those, but what are some of the questions that you you have to consider as you think about bringing it back? Yeah, I mean, exactly. You have to consider all those questions you just brought up. And so that's something that we're, uh, we're currently going through, and uh, that'll help us determine when we're going to open back up. And, but one of the great things is that we do have access to great outdoor spaces, uh, like the commons you mentioned. And so that, that also helps quite a bit um, reduce some of the, the concern around transmission and, and distancing and all those things. So uh, we've got a great asset to use, and we'll definitely look at using that first. Uh, that outdoor space. Um, so yeah, keep tuned for uh, for when we've got dates and and what that looks like for getting back, people back together again. Well, Tyler, one of the things that I really enjoy when I talk to entrepreneurs or anybody in this in this space, and they talk about what they've learned during COVID and what they're going to continue doing. Like for example, we've learned that we can work remotely. We've learned that we can have some meetings via Zoom. Like there's things that we've learned that we will probably continue. What are some things that Venture Cafe St. Louis has learned that's going to that will augment so that maybe post COVID it looks different? What are some things that you want to canonize, if, if you will? 
Yeah, you know, I think um, our ability to be able to measure the impact of these connections that are being made online um, is something that, you know, you you know this, it's, it's hard to uh, track what collaborations, what new company formation is happening in the in-person environment. And so now that we've, we've built the, the technology to, to track it online, I think that's going to be a permanent fixture of being able to um, just say, hey, we, you know, here's, here's what uh, people are looking for um, and what their needs are for their company and, and keep track of those online in a better way. So when we can go back six months from now, we can take a look and see what impact has, have we had. Um, on the community and what companies are still around, what companies have gone on to graduate from I-10 or joined Arch Grants. So that's here to stay for sure. Um, and, you know, the serendipity, I think that's the part that we're really looking forward to bringing back in person. Um, and uh, and just basically we're just augmenting that through through technology essentially now. Yeah, Tyler, as you as you talk about measuring impact, and uh, you're talking really precisely, but Travis and I used to love to come to Venture Cafe with our microphones and just walk around and be like, what are people doing? What's going on? Obviously, you could look at the panels and see what the, the focus is or what people are really interested in at this point in time. I've seen uh, ag tech, as you mentioned that, a lot on some of the uh, the virtual agendas lately, but... Uh, since we can't just walk in to at 4240 and say, who's here? What's going on? What are some of the themes that you've had um, over the last several months? Ag tech, geospatial, uh, sports technology. Just a couple of weeks ago, you had the St. Louis Blues asking to partner with startups. What are some of those trends that you've identified? Yeah, I mean, St. Louis is definitely continuing to double down on ag tech. I'm, uh, just recently, we had a, a venture um, a venture group from South America reach out and say, you know, how do we get more involved in St. Louis? You guys are the, uh, you know, the spot for ag tech in the world. And so I think we're, we're going to continue to see more ag tech companies. I think we're going to continue to see more, uh, more startups in the health space. Um, those aren't slowing down at all. What I am excited to see um, just from a personal standpoint is I love seeing some of the consumer and SaaS companies um, and seeing a community around that grow. I, I think in line with also national trends, we're seeing a lot more creators um, jumping into the entrepreneurial scene. Uh, but, you know, another really fast-paced one and, and is, uh, is defense uh, and cybersecurity. That's just growing like wildfire right now. And we did host a, a cybersecurity event. Um, it, was, it was Powerful Women in Cyber event with Maryville University. Um, and we're seeing so many of those types of companies now that, uh, you know, I was at the Scott Air Force Base just recently because we've had so many people request, hey, how do I get to work with the Air Force in St. Louis? Um, so establishing relationships there. Obviously, the NGA is another big area. So, um, you know, that's going to just continue to see an increased growth uh, in the St. Louis area. And that comes with it, of course, a whole host of things, like I mentioned, cyber, but also GIS, um, you know, there's some space startups that we have small presence of space startups here, mm. but, um, you know, so that's been fun to watch. Um, but, you know, yeah, I, I think we're just starting to see growth everywhere. I mean, I'm sure you've, you've both seen that there's been several big exits um, and ma- massive uh, venture rounds raised in the last several months. And so I, I think what we're seeing now is finally all those years of work, um, you know, to make us, a, you know, a startup community uh, really paying off now. And I'm excited to see what that'll look like as uh, as founders continue to reinvest in their hometown. So, you know, um, lots more defense, cyber, 
uh, ag and, and, and health. Um, but I think with that, we'll bring more money and then also more opportunities for folks to to jump into for different verticals in the area. Yeah, Travis, we've well, had both unicorns on the show this year. Two this year. Have, that's right. Tyler Matthews, Executive Director of Venture Cafe St. Louis. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks. It was great, great to catch up with you both. All right, so there's a lot to still keep our eye on with, uh, with Venture Cafe. I know they have this founder tour coming up, which will be great, kind of getting behind the scenes on how founders do things. Yeah, the founder sessions. The first one is Thursday. Of course, it's got to be on a Thursday, July 29th at 5 p.m., and it's going to be in the same general area. It's still in the Central West End, but it's not going to be in Cortex. It's going to be from maybe one of the best views in the region. They're going to meet at the 100 above the park on Kings Highway, that new residential tower that overlooks Forest Park. Not a bad place to uh, take things in. And speaking of taking things in, stick around. There's more Nothing Impossible to take in. We're going to talk to Ted Schnook about the leadership transitions at a local grocer. Now back to Nothing Impossible on the Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Well, leadership transition is planned at Schnook Markets. Joining us on KMOX is Ted Schnook, who will become Vice President Supermarkets at Schnooks. Ted, uh, first of all, tell us about this change. People in St. Louis know Dave Peacock, for instance. He's the current president. Where is he going? And tell us about your new position. Yeah, well, uh, as some may know, Dave Peacock um, actually started out as a, a board member for Schnucks a, a number of years ago. And uh, over the past four years, uh, he's joined our, our management team uh, and he's going to be coming full circle, uh, returning to our board, um, but then also pursuing a new uh, professional opportunity uh, with a company called uh, Continental uh, Grain Company, uh, which is a, a asset management company. Uh, that um, owns and operates uh, a number of food and agricultural uh, businesses. And so what does this mean for you? Yeah, so Dave, um, when Dave uh, departs in October, uh, I'll be moving into a new role for the company, uh, which is uh, Executive Vice President for Supermarkets. Uh, And in that role, I will oversee uh, our merchandising area and our store operations area. So merchandising covers, you know, all the items our stores carry, uh, how we procure those items from our vendors, uh, and then how we price them and promote those uh, items to our customers. Uh, And then the store operations side really manages everything within the four walls of our store buildings. So staffing the stores to serve our customers, uh, stocking the shelves with product, uh, maintaining a safe and clean shopping environment, and ultimately delivering an enjoyable shopping experience for our customers. How did you uh, get here? You've worked in uh, some other companies, uh, some of them related to consumer products. And then since coming back to Schnucks, you've spearheaded several projects there. Yeah, I've had the great benefit of um, working in a couple outside uh, of, of, of the family business uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one was really um, to, to broaden my exposure uh, to different areas of the of the business world um, so that I could, one, you know, make sure that I was interested uh, in, in ultimately joining uh, the supermarket business, uh, but also being able to bring a perspective back uh, to the family business uh, that would be uh, that would be valuable. Um, so I was able to start my career in management consulting, uh, but then, as you mentioned, uh, made a couple stops at consumer products companies, uh, the most recent of which was uh, Procter & Gamble uh, prior to joining Schnucks in 2015. 
You mentioned uh, the change in the industry and what customers are looking for. And Schnucks Rewards has been something that uh, has really been uh, at the forefront lately in in the industry. And it's been nationally recognized, uh, the Schnucks iteration. And that was a project that you worked on? Yes. uh, When I was our vice president of of marketing a couple of years ago, uh, we launched the Schnucks Rewards program uh, really is a better way to interact with our customers uh, in the ways that they wanted to interact uh, and learn more about their shopping preferences, provide value to them uh, in, in unique ways. Uh, and it's really been fun to see it evolve uh, over the last uh, couple of years. And recently, we've launched our uh, Donate Your Rewards program. So uh, if you are in a, in a position where um, you, know, you may not want to redeem uh, the rewards you've earned yourself, um, you have the opportunity to donate uh, those rewards to a number of selected charities uh, within the communities that we serve. Uh, another couple areas uh, on the convenience side is a, a cake order ahead program and a deli party platter order ahead program that we've recently launched. Uh, as, as customers you know, live you know, busy, busy lives and want to get from one point to the next, we wanted to make it as easy as possible for them uh, to place their orders. Uh, skip the waiting time uh, that they may have uh, in, in the store, depending how busy it is, uh, be able to pick up their items uh, and get to uh, whatever event they're taking them to. And uh, last thing, Ted, is how is this a special move for you, given, first of all, that this is a privately held, family-owned company, but also that it's your family? Yeah, well, well definitely you know, coming back to join the, the family business uh, a number of years ago um, <clears throat> was, was something that I took a great amount of pride in um, and have been fortunate to be able to see a number of different uh, roles within the company across uh, marketing, store operations, and then most recently uh, merchandising. And, and part of what really you know, drew me to um, you know, not just Schnucks as, as a, a family business, but family business in general is, is the way that I feel like we're able to connect with the communities that we, uh, that we serve. Um, and that's really you know, central to our mission uh, of nourishing people's lives. And I believe that you know, having family members in a family business can also just bring a more personal element uh, to how we engage with one another and how we can take a much more holistic view uh, of managing the business. So I'm excited uh, that, I'm, that I'm able to be uh, a part of that uh, and will continue to be able to work uh, closely uh, with the team we have here at Schnucks. That is Ted Schnook. In October, he'll become Vice President Supermarkets at Schnook Markets. Thank you for joining us on KMOX, Ted. Thanks, Michael. Good talking with you. All right, so there we go. That's a, that's our show for this week. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Nothing Impossible. Talk to you again next week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.